This is an extraordinary workforce. Their technical capability is unparalleled. The capabilities that we develop to do incredibly hard things, like going to space, actually bleed over into other industries. So as you create capabilities that are at the cutting edge, you develop capabilities that can proliferate into other industries and throughout the society. Science is like the seed corn of the science and technology capabilities of the future. It's how we understand the world around us. It leads to breakthroughs in, in physics and in biology that eventually become standard and make everyone's lives better. Welcome to the 100th episode of Small Steps, Giant Leaps, a NASA Apple Knowledge Services podcast where we tap into project experiences to share best practices, lessons learned, and novel ideas. I'm Dina Nunley. As we celebrate this milestone episode, we're grateful to you for listening and engaging with the podcast to help make it a success. Thank you. Our special guest for episode 100 is NASA Deputy Administrator, Pam Milroy. It's such an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Deanna. I'm excited to be here. 2022 was such an amazing year for NASA with so many history-making achievements. What are some of the key moments that stand out to you? Well, there were, there really were so many. I think what's exciting is just to see the uh, successes across the whole portfolio. Um, You know, the breadth of what NASA does is incredible. It is focused on science and technology and uh, exploration in, uh, in space and aeronautics. Uh, But clearly, you know, the launch of the James Webb Space Telescope and the incredible science that we've, uh, we are getting from it. Um, obviously the Artemis launch, starting us on a path to humans doing science and exploration throughout the solar system. Uh, but in addition to that, the progress that we made in aeronautics uh, towards our X-planes, and then uh, some of the uh, technology experiments like Lofted, which will be critical for uh, also for getting humans to Mars. Um, some of those things really stand out to me. What are you looking forward to in 2023? Well, it will be great to see our aeronautics portfolio uh, get back into the X-plane business with the first flight of two X-planes. As a, as a test pilot, I find that very exciting. Uh, I think that's ab- absolutely essential uh, to fly things at scale in aeronautics so that you can make a giant leap forward in the technology capability. So that's, a, that's definitely a big one. I'm very excited also about several other things coming up in 2023. One of them that I'll mention is the annular eclipse in October. Now, it's not a, a, a total eclipse because of the distance of the, or, you know, or the moon won't completely cover the sun. We will have uh, a total eclipse in April of 2024, and it's going to be the last time that we'll be able to see that from North America for a couple of decades. So we're going to go all in on uh, ensuring that an entire generation of students and and just citizen scientists and regular people get the opportunity to learn about our sun, learn about heliophysics. Uh, it's it's going to be extraordinary, and I am super excited about that. Uh, witnessing the eclipse 
uh, both eclipses, but also um, educating people about it. I think it's going to be very, very exciting. Uh, Also, I'm really looking forward to adding a new capability to our human spaceflight program. We hope that Boeing will send the first crew on their Starliner to the International Space Station. And when I think back to my time when essentially there was a space shuttle and a Soyuz, and those were the only ways for humans to get to space, I am thrilled every time we add a new spacecraft. And we have a lot of them now, but this is really very exciting. What is it about the people of NASA that makes it possible to keep on reaching beyond what previously could only be imagined? Well, I think there's a a very important cultural aspect to this. You know, it goes back to our formation and our roots and the history in the 60s. I mean, it was really unfathomable. I mean, people had absolutely no idea, no basis uh, for making an assertion that we were going to send a man to the moon and bring him home safely. But I think it really created a culture inside NASA of once we decide there's a goal that we're going to do, we just go do it. And so to me, that's that's very central to our culture. How does your experience in space inform how you approach leadership at NASA? That's a wonderful question. I think you know, I take leadership very seriously. I, you know, as a former military officer, uh, I was put into leadership roles at a very, very early age. So I think it's, um, you know, uh, I have a servant leadership mentality where, you know, you're there to support the mission, you're there to support the people and the crew. Uh, And I think um, that that's uh, an important aspect. But there's, there's another interesting thing about being an astronaut you sort of are where it all comes together. There are people who know how to launch rockets and to build spacecraft and to integrate payloads and so forth. And, you know, you get a strong expertise in those areas, but the astronaut gets to see how it all comes together at the end. So I feel a little bit that way in a leadership position of the agency. I get to see how it all comes together. And that's what's really fascinating. Based on your experience with spaceflight, what advice will you give to the astronauts of Artemis II? Oh, my. Well, uh, I'm sure that they will be very well prepared by the time they fly. That's something that we really know how to do, is to prepare our astronauts for that. But I, I will say, um, I have no questions that, 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 that they will be ready technically for whatever comes to them. But I found it very important as I flew in space to recognize the emotional impact Uh, on the crew and on yourself of what you're doing, and to make sure that you take the time to honor that as well and recognize uh, that it'll be a life-changing moment for them. We talk a lot on this podcast about knowledge sharing and lessons learned. What are your thoughts on the importance of sharing lessons learned? It's absolutely critical. Again, go back a little bit to my ops heritage, but, you know, the recognition that you know, some something that you learned could actually save someone's life. You know, maybe maybe it turned out fine for you, but it might not turn out fine for someone else. And so, we should take that very seriously that we share those lessons learned, uh, because you never know when it might be the difference between the success of a mission. 
As NASA's technical workforce focuses on overcoming difficult challenges, how do you ensure that a continuous emphasis on safety stays at the forefront? Yeah, that's a that's a wonderful question. You know, I think there's uh, it's something that the administrator and Bob Cabana and I talk about a lot is how to make sure that we protect that culture of safety. There's key aspects of it. And one of them is just making sure that you talk about it and, and remind everybody um, to have it in the, in the front of mind. But it's also in how you conduct meetings and how you conduct business. So one of the things we have to make sure that we prevent is a culture of silence where people don't feel empowered to speak up. And so it's even in small things like how you run a meeting, making sure that every single person in the meeting got called on and is encouraged to share their perspective and their point of view. Those small cultural things lead up to the larger culture of safety. Back in October, when NASA's FY21 Economic Impact Report was released, NASA leadership noted that with an investment less than one-half of 1% of the federal budget, NASA generated more than $71.2 billion in total economic output. How would you summarize NASA's impact? Well, I think the economic impact is incredibly important. Um, it's you know, just to put it in context, 80% of NASA's budget roughly uh, goes out in acquisitions and procurement. In other words, we we go out and and uh, and you know develop relationships and uh, with small businesses, with large businesses, with communities, and uh, and so that that impact is felt right here on Earth, and that's very important. But it's it's not just the economic impact on our communities. It's the fact that these are high-tech, good-paying jobs, which actually floats a lot of boats, right? So when I talk about NASA's value proposition, uh, I've talked to a lot of people about this through the years, and there are essentially three reasons why NASA, what is the benefit to our citizens? What is the benefit to humanity? Uh, The first one is science, and that's very, very important. Um, science is like the seed corn of the science and technology capabilities of the future. It's how we understand the world around us. It leads to breakthroughs in, in physics and in biology that eventually become uh, standard and, uh, and make everyone's lives better. So that, that foundational science piece is very important. And so much of what we do, you can only do in space. The James Webb Space Telescope being a great example, you can't look uh, in those frequencies at the um, at the uh, universe to see back in time, except from outside the Earth's atmosphere, and and that's just one example. The second reason is this gets back to this economic impact. It's national posture, it's national capabilities in science and technology, and that's really important because. The capabilities that we develop to do incredibly hard things like going to space actually bleed over into other industries. One of my favorite examples is that software engineering as a discipline essentially didn't exist before Apollo. So as you create capabilities that are at the cutting edge, you develop capabilities that can proliferate into other industries and throughout the society. And finally, the last piece, which I think we all get, is inspiration. It's the way you feel when you look at 
the pictures of the early universe from the James Webb Space Telescope. It's the excitement in a child's eyes when they see an astronaut floating in space or operate a robotic arm on their own. That inspiration is so important, not just to the human spirit, but also to inspire the next generation of STEM professionals who will then keep that virtuous cycle of science, technology, and economic benefit going. This has been so interesting. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. It's been my pleasure. Do you have any closing thoughts? I guess I'd just like to say how incredibly proud I am of the NASA workforce. I have worked inside NASA and at a lot of other places in industry and government. I've worked around the world. And uh, this is an extraordinary workforce. Their technical capability is unparalleled. If you have a problem anywhere in the world, eventually somebody will say, hey, let's call NASA. And amazingly, we will have someone who can help and does help and will help. And it just makes me so proud to be part of the organization. You'll find Deputy Administrator Pam Melroy's bio, links to topics we discussed during our conversation, and a show transcript on our website at apple.nasa.gov slash podcast. If you'd like to hear more about what's happening at NASA, we encourage you to check out other NASA podcasts at nasa.gov slash podcasts. As always, thanks for listening to Small Steps, Giant Leaps.